When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Powered by Clear Vision Development Group, this is Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leader's podcast. Each week, we'll provide you with top business insights, fresh perspectives from world-class guests, and the tools you need to lead better than before. And now, here's your host, author and business coach, Tony Richards. Hi, everybody. This is Tony Richards, and welcome to a new edition of Better Than Before here on the C-Suite Radio Network. I'm coming to you live from the beautiful shores of Lake Barkley in Grand Rivers, Kentucky. And I am on vacation, but of course, I will not shirk my duties. I will always live up to my commitments and provide a brand new episode of the show this week. And so, so glad uh, you could join us. It's going to be great. We're going to review the national days for next week on our national celebratory day of the week calendar. And also, I have a special guest today, Lisa Folger, one of my best friends in the whole world, a former Hewlett Packard executive and a very successful executive coach will be here today to talk about positive intelligence and finding saboteurs in your subconscious that can sabotage your success. You don't want to miss this program today because there are going to be a bunch of tips. And Lisa also has a free assessment you can take at her website. She'll tell you all about it that can identify any saboteurs that may be lurking in your recorded programs of your subconscious. So that's all coming up here today on Better Than Before. All right, National Days of Celebration on September the 5th. It's National Be Late for Something Day. And, of course, why not? It's the day after a three-day weekend. Might as well be late. National Cheese Pizza Day on Tuesday and National Another Look Unlimited Day. On September the 6th, Wednesday, National Read a Book Day. It's also National Coffee Ice Cream Day on Wednesday. On Thursday, September 7th, another state will celebrate National New Hampshire Day. It's National Grateful Patient Day, National Beer Lovers Day, as if you didn't get enough this past weekend. It's National Salami Day. Oh, my gosh. Who doesn't love salami on a nice sub sandwich? Wowee. National Acorn Squash Day. National Grandma Moses Day, and it's also National Neither Snow Nor Rain Day. It must be for the post office. On Friday, September the 8th, it's National Star Trek Day. All you Trekkies, it's your day. It's World Ambersand Day and National Pediatric Hematology Oncology Nurses Day. All right, got all that out. 
It's Saturday, September the 9th, National Wiener Schnitzel Day, Share Your Care Day, and National Teddy Bear Day. On uh, Sunday, September the 10th, National TV Dinner Day, it's National Swap Ideas Day, National Pet Memorial Day, for all the pets you've lost in your past, National Hug Your Hound Day. So, Oreo, I got to hug you on Sunday, September the 10th. You're not a hound. You're a healer, but I'm going to hug you anyway. It's also National Grandparents Day. And then Monday, September 11, National Boss Employee Exchange Day, National Hot Cross Bun Day, National Make Your Bed Day, and it's also Patriot Day and National Day of Service and Remembrance Day for all those we lost on 9-11-2001. That is coming up on September 11th, which is next Monday. I was just thinking, I got a little bit lost there, but I was just thinking it's been 22 years since that fateful day on September 11, 2001. Just crazy. Another sad note, and, you know, just losing so many of these people that were part of the music part of my life and the soundtrack of my life's history. We lost Jimmy Buffett right before the Labor Day weekend holiday. That's just a terrible loss. Jimmy, of course, famous for his song Margaritaville, had a hit with Come Monday. I mean, my favorite Jimmy Buffett song of all time, A Pirate Looks at 40, all about growing old. And the owner of the famous Margaritaville at the Lake of the Ozarks, just south of Columbia, we have the brand new Margaritaville Resort there. And Jimmy was quite a singer, songwriter, and entrepreneur. I didn't even know he was he was sick or ill, but he passed away and Rest in peace, Mr. Buffett, and thank you for all the wonderful songs and wonderful entertainment that you gave us in your lifetime. Had opportunity to see Jimmy a few times and met him a few times. Incredibly nice guy, and we're going to miss Jimmy Buffett and all his wonderful stuff. But we have all of his recordings that we can enjoy for our entertainment for years to come. R.I.P. Jimmy Buffett. All right, let's welcome in uh, Lisa Folger as our special guest interview on this week's show. Well, I'm excited and honored today to welcome Lisa Folger to my podcast. She's a longtime friend of mine. She's also a passionate, inspirational executive leader and entrepreneurial growth coach with a leadership track record of embracing change, leading transformation, taking risks, developing leaders building highly engaged teams, and delivering outstanding business results. Her diverse expertise spanning corporate, entrepreneurial, and global cultural leadership over the last 30 years allows her to uniquely relate and challenge her clients as they embark upon their leadership journeys. She's based in Costa Rica, and she's been there for 16 years, serving CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders, leading for-profit entities to consciously and deliberately do good business and make the lives of their people and the planet better. She challenges and inspires leaders to grow their mindsets in order to grow themselves and their teams in better serving their clients, communities, and the environment and catalyze on insightful impact in positively changing the world. And I can positively and encouragingly tell you that she is a world changer, and she's my friend. Lisa Folger, welcome to the show. 
Thank you, Tony. I'm thrilled to be here. Oh, it's man, I am too. I am too. And I've been wanting you to be here for so long. And then we just talked about a week ago and here you are. So we got a fast turnaround. <laughs> but you're doing some amazing work. And I want to talk about that work that you're doing with your clients. But let's talk a little bit about how you kind of got here. So I know you were a Hewlett Packard person. What did you do there? Yeah, so I fondly describe myself as a recovered corporate executive. Mm. I spent 25 years with HP and did a gamut of many different things. I ironically started as a summer intern, wanting to never work for a large company, thinking mm. that they were rather evil and greedy, and that just wasn't my foray. But I had finished my finance degree and I had switched kind of a focus. I thought I was going to go into banking and I had done an internship in banking and totally did not enjoy it. So I thought, wow, okay, now what's next? And when I went back to my career development center, they're like, well, why don't you just do an internship for a summer and see, try out a company, try out a, a team, try out a new location. So I went and I saw the companies that were showing up and HP was the most attractive in California because I was studying in Arizona where I grew up and it was very hot in the summertime. So to escape from Arizona, to head to California for the summer, Surely I was is. almost willing to anything. <laughs> I've, been, so I've, I been, I've been to Scottsdale in August. Uh, I know. Well, about you shouldn't do that ever again. That's no, a lesson. I, I haven't done it since. Yeah. So I, I escaped to Northern California, spent a summer, and much to my amazement, I discovered that HP was a very entrepreneurial company made up of very small business divisions that were very autonomous. And I was a finance major, so I automatically joined the finance team. And But I got to work with manufacturing and R&D and marketing, and I love the diversity of projects. I love the very humble culture and the ability to make a difference right away. And I love the quality of people there. So while that became a summer internship, I actually left after the summer to begin my MBA, which I had intended to do, but I came back summers in between. And then I was hired full-time once I graduated from my MBA. So then I started my trajectory. So I'm one of those that is the motto, never say never. Yeah. During your executive run, were you there for the Carly Fiorina years? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And so she's a former presidential runner. So how did you like working with Carly? She was a powerful force, a very bright mind. Her marketing and sales expertise was really quite impressive. But the challenge that she had is she really didn't build a following. She didn't have a team that trusted her that would execute her vision. And so while she had a pretty bold and bright vision, she failed miserably at executing and making that happen. And HP was a company of great integrity and cultural significance. The HP way was well built in. And so she brought in a number of external leaders as well that didn't share those values. And that, I think, became the end of her hierarchy, really. Hmm. Now, did Meg come in after her or... Was there somebody? Yeah, else? significantly after. I'm trying to think who followed her. I think it which, which is amazing to have two female CEOs as awesome as those two people are. Exactly. Know. Meg, I was impressed with even more. And I think did a fabulous job during her tenure. I worked with so many phenomenal leaders in HP. I mean, I think it was maybe 
over my 25 year trajectory, there may have been two leaders that I worked for that I didn't highly respect and stay connected with for the rest of my life. So I had a phenomenal leadership learning experience over those 25 years. And when I was ready, I was in Costa Rica. I had moved with my family seven years before to open up a nearshore service center and start a new business. When I decided to leave HP, I kind of felt like I had the wings to fly Mm -hmm. and do anything I wanted. I had such diverse experience in probably 16 different functions and, you know, regional and headquarters and global. And it was just a wealth of learning and education experience that I knew what I loved most among that diverse career was helping teams like do amazing things. And so that's what led me into coaching. Now, you and I, we started our relationship in 2015. Is that the year you started your practice or was it before? The year before. I actually started on that the year before. And yeah, I was really fortunate to have a year where I just kind of discovered possibilities. And the, one of the possibilities that I followed was the scaling up coaching path where we met. Yeah. yeah. Now, so next year will be your 10-year anniversary. So yeah. that, that's something we need to celebrate. That's exciting, huh? Yeah, yeah. I haven't thought about that. I mean, I, I think the beauty of being a scaling up coach is you have the entrepreneurial freedom mm-hmm. and you have the honor and you know joy of rolling up your sleeves and working alongside so many bright entrepreneurial founders, leaders, and their leadership teams that it never even seems like a job. Like I have loved the last 10 years and I am super excited for what's to come in the future. Now, specifically when you've been working with your clients, trying to scale their businesses, what has been the most enjoyable and productive part of that for you? You know, I think COVID heightened my identification of a passion area, which is scaling mindsets in order to scale leaders and scale businesses. Because I realized that a key ingredient was to have a really robust mental fitness. And what I mean by that is have a mindset that really helps you manage whatever comes at you. And it was during COVID that I realized how impactful that was because so many of the leaders I worked with were so impacted by the changes that were outside of their control that COVID brought. And it shone a light on the fragility of mental fitness. And while I have been, you know, claimed to be a Pollyanna, positive, (laughs) energizer, bunny, all sorts of... uh, Glass is always really full. We just haven't gotten there yet. Yes, yes, yes. I realized that, you know, that was because of the work and because of the mindset that I had cultivated over my leadership career. I mean, I had my fair share of challenges, you know, at HP, you ride the curve of, you know, growth and then contraction and workforce reductions and all sorts of changes that are outside of your control. I think my experience navigating those and making the best possibilities out of challenging situations was something that was ingrained in me. So when I got to COVID, Now, I kind of rode that wave pretty easily as well, but I realized so many leaders I was working with were struggling. So I sought out ways to really help clients build their mental fitness. And that took me in the direction of neuro-linguistic programming, NLP, Mm -hmm. and positive intelligence, Mm -hmm. which is a body of work by Shirzad Jameen that really works on building mental fitness. Yep. I want to get there, but let me ask you another question first. 
Sure. So in your experience of working with companies that are trying to scale, what's been the biggest disappointment for you? So little focus on people, to be very frank. You know, it's very common for business leaders to approach me and say, you know, I've got a strategy, I can't figure out how to execute, or I need a strategy, or I'm in a competitive environment and I don't know how to differentiate, but they don't often look at the asset that they have in front of them of their people to help them navigate the strategy they want to execute. They do very quickly once we engage with them, but I feel like that's like the missing piece is that people are the number one asset any leader has in building a team and a business. And when you build people that vulnerably trust you and are willing to go the extra mile, they will blow you out of the water and what their possibility is. So I think the lack of investment in people is probably my biggest disappointment and biggest opportunity. Now, I think a lot of people are familiar with IQ, which is intelligence quotient from the IQ exams and tests that people have taken for years, which I always think is a flawed thing, but we won't go there. And then emotional quotient or emotional intelligence, which is EQ. And then in my practice, I've added a couple. I've talked about execution quotient or EXQ about out of every opportunity you have to execute 10 times, how many do you actually execute? And then I talk about skill set development, which is ability quotient, AQ. But you've gone into some other things that I want to talk about. You started talking about a little bit ago. Let's start with conversational intelligence, which I suppose is CIQ, if I have my notes. Yes, right yes, indeed. That actually was my entree into NLP and positive intelligence. So conversational intelligence is a field that talks about how your words create your world. And, and is, how, it, is NLP part of that? Or? It is. It okay. is. It's very connected. Judith Glasner, who's the thought leader and founder, she's deceased, unfortunately now, but she was the thought catalyst for conversational intelligence. And a lot of neuroscience was in her research, which led her to the body of work. Oh, wow. which follows beyond her. It's a legacy that she has left that continues to this day. But the idea is that all of our language either builds trust or erodes trust. And so the more we are aware of that, you can almost think of a trust meter, like a gasoline gauge in a car. The higher your gas gauge, the higher your trust meter, the better relationships you can fortify, the more vulnerable people will be, the more willing to take risks they will be and the more they will put forth the energy and attitude to go the extra mile. So how do you cultivate your language such that it fortifies and builds relationships and trust so that you get the best out of people? Mm, I love it. Then there's positive intelligence, which is PQ. So what's that right. all about? Yeah, so positive intelligence is a breed that Shirzad Jameen, as I mentioned, the thought leader behind that work and the book, Positive Intelligence, he studied neuroscience, positive psychology, kind of top sports athletes, and cognitive behavior. And those four disciplines came together to identify that we have saboteurs that kind of wreak havoc with our ability to show up at our best. And an example of a saboteur is a controller. There's nine different saboteurs with the judge being the predominant one, but the judge brings 
along accomplices. So the controller is an example of an accomplice saboteur. Mm. And what these saboteurs do is they garner our thinking in a negative spiral. So the controller might be thinking it's my way or the highway. And, you know, why can't these people just get on board and do what I asked them to do or what I told them to do? Not necessarily open to ideas. It tends to shut down other people. You elicit very little creativity. Certainly people don't want to challenge you when they mm-hmm. think you're the controller because why bother? It's your idea or the highway. So, so, so does imposter syndrome connect to that somehow? It's not directly connected, but imposter syndrome is fueled by the thoughts and beliefs that we have that we're not good enough or we're not at the level that we need to be. Those are usually the judge attacking yourself, like self-critical attacking yourself, another person or a circumstance. So the idea with positive intelligence is we don't get to give up our saboteurs. It's good to understand what they are, but the benefit of building our mental fitness is so that we can intercept them faster. We can manage them rather than letting them manage us. And so just for our listeners' benefit, our beliefs inform our behavior, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So give us a couple of examples of saboteurs. Yeah. And I'll even do one step back. So our beliefs Mm -hmm. fuel our emotions. Mm -hmm. Our emotions fuel our behavior which lead to the actions that we take. So often we will say, I don't like something. I don't like an outcome. I don't like the situation I'm in. You know, what can I do to change it? We immediately go to action. The belief with positive intelligence is go to changing your belief first. So rather than focus on what you don't want, focus on what you do want. So think about that, which will fuel positive emotions, which will fuel positive actions, which will get you closer to your desire. Now, so now, be- let me ask a question because you got a sure. lot going here and I'm really intrigued, but what if a person says, yeah, but I really don't want that. Give me uh, an example. Well, let's say that limiting belief, uh, that saboteur is I have to be involved in every detail. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So, cool. so let's say that person says, but I don't want to not be involved with every detail. I want to be micro involved managing even though we know that's not really a good outcome right right so you know often when somebody's attached to their saboteur belief we say okay great how's that working for you Mm -hmm. usually if somebody is saying i don't want to be a controller yet i don't want to give up control i say, well that's great if it's working for you there's no need to change right we as coaches know you need desire and willingness to make a change there has to be some situation either that's not good that you don't want to continue or something better that you aspire to if you don't have that desire no need or or the willingness to participate and give it a go do what it takes but i think when you have a thought like i can't possibly find somebody that would do it as good as me Mm -hmm. Then, you know, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The more you think about that, the more belief, the more negative energy you'll put for there and very little effort you will take to find that person. What I want to illustrate is that you'd say, I want to find a person that has, you know, this, that, and the other expertise that I can empower and delegate. So what are those skills and capabilities? How do I look for that person? How do I find that person? And then how do I hold back from trying to control that person? So you switch to what you want to have happen. But if you don't want a different outcome, this is not for you. If you're happy with what you have. You've probably heard this objection. Well, that's who I am. 
this would be this would be changing who I am. <laughs> and we're all at in the driver's seat of who we are and who we are becoming. Yeah, it, it has to be a choice that you desire to make because as we well know as coaches, change is hard. That takes a lot of effort. If you don't have desire and willingness to do what it takes, don't bother. That's right. And don't waste our coaching time either. That's right. Yeah, yeah. I try to teach that to every executive I coach is if the person you are engaged in trying to coach doesn't have those two components, then you might as well be, you know, drinking a soda and taking a break. You know, Absolutely. you aren't going There's to make for it. One of my NLP teachers is Gina Molokan Long. And I love Gina. her quotes is, you know, if somebody wants to change, there's absolutely nothing that you can do to hold them back. But if you want to try changing somebody and they don't want to change, there's absolutely nothing you're going to do to convince them to change. So this mindset of there being desire and willingness is solely in the person that chooses to change and improve. If they don't have it, there's no need to partner with them. Yes, I love that from Gina. I love everything she does, but I love that part about if they have those two things, there's nothing you can do to stop them. Absolutely. And they yeah. have unlimited potential then if they have those two components. When I begin working with a client, I do a set of assessments to understand, you know, what are their strengths? What are their behavioral tendencies? And what are their mindset saboteurs? And then we start talking about, you know, what is it that you really want to accomplish? And how do these things either serve you or get in the way? And where we focus our mindset work is on the things that get in the way that no longer serve them. Because that's the impetus. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that. You give clients of yours an assessment to identify the saboteurs, right? Indeed. How does that work? And it's free. It's available for anybody who wants to go to the positiveintelligence.com website and download okay, it. Okay, I'm going to go take it. Yeah, we can put it in our show notes, the link, um, okay. Tony. It's wildly acceptable. And it comes with a fairly good description of each of your saboteurs, what some of the thoughts, feelings, and reactions, the lie of each saboteur. So the controlling saboteur, the lie is nobody can do it as well as you, right? As long as you believe that lie, you're going to be guided to control things. As soon as you challenge that lie and say, well, I believe there's other people that have skills and capabilities or that I can cultivate that can do that job and maybe even do it better. When a leader believes they're the only person to do the job, they are the bottleneck in the bottle. Yeah, right. They're the lid on the top. Yeah. Yeah. You can't build a team with that belief. So you have to challenge yourself. But for each one of them, and then there's implications on the effect of others. So with the controller, the effect on others is don't bother. Don't innovate. Don't challenge. Don't disagree. Just get in line or take a different path. How does level of energy affect some of this stuff? You know, most behavior is driven, it's driven by energy. I mean, it's it's how you tend to expel in energy, especially in a introvert way or an extrovert way or whatever. That's a great question. Definitely energy is related. What we find is that when we're hijacked by our saboteur and we're going down the negative thinking path, our energy is depleted. Mm-hmm. We're yes. exhausted, we're frustrated, we're you know willing to grasp at a straw. 
But when we are using our sage mindset, which is the flip side, so if we can conquer and intercept our saboteurs, then we engage in sage thinking. And sage thinking has five attributes. It has empathy, it has exploration, it has innovation, it has navigation, and then it finally has action because you have to take action to drive change. But when you can move into that sage thinking mindset, that is energy building. It really creates momentum and it fuels positive thinking for more positive thinking, for more positive action, for results and for progress. So it's a virtuous cycle. It almost sounds like you're starting to move into, if you're the person, it's almost like you're moving into self-coaching. Absolutely. We all manage our own saboteurs or can learn to. Yeah, you're starting to mentor and coach yourself, which I think is a very high level that we should all aspire to. Indeed. So while I mentioned the saboteur assessment is free, Mm -hmm. once you learn your saboteurs and which ones are really affecting you most, because it does do a Pareto of your top nine, we say focus on the top three, pick the ones that are holding you back most. Then there's a seven week journey that you can do that's technology driven. There's an app that builds mental fitness using your personalized saboteur assessment results. It teaches you how to change your thoughts which change your feelings, which change your actions, which change your results. So it's a powerful program. I do it a lot with individuals and even more so with teams because it becomes a very powerful language to journey together as a team, mm-hmm. support each other in your various saboteurs and you know create a very strong support system. And I think too, it's important to remember that while you will get a list of nine things, most of us can only really focus and change one or two things at a time. So indeed, don't get overwhelmed and think you got to work on all nine. I mean, you would put yourself into a pretzel condition trying to do that. (laughs) Well, another saboteur is the stickler, aka the perfectionist. And so, yeah, Sticklers want to compare their saboteurs right away. You know, oh, is your saboteur better than mine? Or how do I perfect? So is nine the complete list or is that just the nine will show up for a person? Or is nine always? Yeah, these are the nine negative thinking patterns that came out of the research that Shirzad did that are the saboteurs. The 10th one is the judge. Okay. So So we all have the judge universally. And then the other nine vary in strength between us all. Okay. So can you just quickly name the nine? That's a good test. Let's see. So the hyperachiever, the Mm -hmm. hyperrational, the hypervigilant, the stickler, the controller, the pleaser. There's one for flashy gold object. Which one is that one? I'm missing two more. Restless is the shiny gold object. Like, oh, this, oh, this, oh, that, oh, this. Oh, my gosh. I have worked with a lot of those. And there's one more. Oh, the avoider. The avoider. avoider. Okay. So there you go. There's all nine. You can rewind the podcast and get them all. (laughs) But the hyperachiever, that sounds positive. How's that saboteur? Well, the interesting thing, with the exception of two, the victim and the avoider, Mm -hmm. all of the saboteurs done in good measure could be strengths. They could serve you really well. But, but over done, over focus and overdone, they are constraints yes, then, right? Absolutely. So the hyperachiever is the go, 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 go gadget. 
yep. that can't pause, that can't celebrate a milestone, that probably burns themselves out and everybody around them. They're constantly saying, what's next? What's next? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense to me then. So even though some of them sound positive in the label, the way to think about it is if you do it too much, it holds you back. Exactly. And if you don't focus on it, then it's a constraint. Yeah. So think of the hypervigilant, somebody who's very, very cautious. You don't want to, as an entrepreneur, not think about risks. But as we both know, you've got to take some calculated risks, right? If everything could possibly go wrong, you'd probably do nothing. Right. So the hypervigilant could get you stuck in not taking action because you're afraid of what could possibly happen. So I got a thousand questions. We could keep this going all afternoon, but (laughs) I'll ask one more question and then we'll get to my 12 closing questions. But going to emotional intelligence skill sets, how in your experience of working with clients on this, how many people it's in their self-awareness already and how much of it is in their blind spot? I have not met a leader really that was very familiar with their saboteurs. They had heard the expression of emotional intelligence, but they really didn't know how to bring that to life. Like, how would that really serve me? So they weren't at least a little bit conscious that they do these things? Well, what's funny is they hadn't heard saboteurs. They hadn't really heard the logic. But as soon as they take the assessment, they're like, oh, oh, that's me. Mm -hmm. That is so me. So yes, they can identify with it. And very often I will say to them, ask those that are closest to you, your partner, your children, your coworkers, ask them to share some examples of where they see this showing up if you're struggling. And they do. And most of the time when they take that assessment home, their partner probably goes, oh my gosh, I could have (laughs) written this, you know. Well, and it's a great tool to do one-on-one, you know, whether you're founding partners or whether you're marriage partners, say, okay, what are my top three? What are your top three? How do we support each other when they show up? Because yeah. very often we will see somebody else's saboteur flare oh. before they will be aware of it. Themselves. Oh, no doubt about it. And I'm sure that just in relationships and partnership, business partnerships, sometimes we kind of know where those are and we'll push the button on it. Landmines. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, All right. So here's my closing questions. I ask every guest that comes on the show. These are rapid fire. If you can. Number one is what is the best memory that immediately comes to mind for you? I grew up with a family. My grandparents had a farm and I used to go every summer and do like four wheeling and baking. Hmm. Or wheeling with my grandfather, baking with my grandmother. So kind of going back to the farm is a cherished memory of mine. Oh, that's awesome. I thought it was going to be meeting me in 2015, but it wasn't. All <laughs> right. Number, number two, the number one hero in your life. Oh, I have so many. I, I will use my father as a source of inspiration. He had many different aspects of his professional career. He had a very positive mindset and he was just an inspirer and a cheerleader and has been throughout my life. What's the top value you subscribe to? Trust. Most important person in your life. You're asking a mother with three daughters. <laughs> well, you you can put all three of them in there if you yeah, want. Yeah, I, I would definitely say my three daughters. K- kids right? are the exception to the rule <laughs> and 
we can multiple do that one. So yeah, I have three daughters that are amazing and challenge me every day and I love them dearly. So I know that by following your Facebook feed. <laughs> What's your favorite thing in the whole world? Quality time with people. I am really fortunate to have close friends and family and I travel all over and I just love those connections when they occur. That's great. What's your favorite food? I'm a foodie too. Mm, I'll say ice cream, actually. That's kind of a favorite right now. Well, you live in Costa Rica, so I don't know if this is the answer, but what's the most beautiful place you've ever visited? You know, I have been to many beautiful places. I'm very lucky to live in Costa Rica, and I love the beauty and the diversity of such a small country. But I just returned from Turks and Caicos, and on a family vacation, they had the most pristine blue ocean waters that you could see deeply and I scuba dive and it was just a fantastic experience. Okay, so I'm really going to show my ignorance. So where is this place? It's in the Caribbean. Turks it's and in Cakes. the Caribbean. It's okay. About an hour and a half flight from Miami. So not, not far I away. See. Well, that sounds yeah. like something I should put on my list. Yeah. Check it oh, out. If you could describe success in one word, what would that word be? Impact. How do you want to be remembered? Making impact. If you could go back and talk to a younger Lisa, what advice would you give her? Hmm. Experiment early. Take chances. Just go for it. Be bold. What's your favorite sound? I love the ocean. That's one of my favorite sounds. That's my favorite thing to go to sleep to is to put on a YouTube of four hours of ocean. It's beautiful. Uh, right now, we're in the rainy season in Costa Rica, so I fall asleep to rain, and that's also beautiful. I, I like rain also. Out of all the lessons you've learned, which I know are very plentiful, what's the best lesson you've learned? Trust myself. Sounds wonderful. We've been visiting with Lisa Folger. She is a consultant, advisor, and coach, much like myself, based in Costa Rica, and she's doing some incredible work. You didn't get like 15,000 nuggets of gold out of this podcast. I don't know what to tell you. Lisa, tell everybody about where they can find out more about what you do and how to connect with you and all that stuff. Super. So you can check out my website, lisafolger.com. And it's Lisa, L-I-S-A, Folger, F-O-U-L-G-E-R.com. And then I'm on LinkedIn, I'm on Instagram, I'm on Facebook. So yeah, reach out in whatever way serves you best. And we'll have the way to spell her name on the podcast notes and stuff. So for those of you who Thank spell you. it like the coffee, it sounds like the coffee, but it's not spelled like the coffee. So Exactly. Yep. All right, Lisa, it's been fantastic. I really appreciate it. And you're just going to have to come back because I got a lot more questions. Thank you so much for having me, Tony. It was a pleasure. I Lisa, was welcome coming back. Wonderful. Lisa Folger, everybody. Stand by. Got more coming up here on Better Than Before. All right. Thank you, Lisa. And go over to Lisa's website and take the assessment and identify the saboteurs that may be in uh, your subconscious and may be holding you back in some significant areas of your life. And her assessment will help identify those. And you want to take advantage of that, that offer. So generous of Lisa to offer that and also for giving me time to be on the program here. You heard how much wonderful wisdom and smart things that, that she had to share with us today. So thank you, Lisa. You can follow me on Twitter at Tony Richards four, and you can also join my Facebook business page. All you have to do is click join 
and it's Tony Richards, speaker, author, coach. You can connect with me also at our website, clearvisiondevelopment.com, where you'll find an archive of all our episodes of Better Than Before, six years worth of shows there, 20 years worth of my writing is available there, and also a lot of other great stuff. Special thanks, as always, to our producer, Tessa Hall. And until we visit here again next week on the C-Suite Radio Network, I'm your host of the program Better Than Before. My name's Tony Richards, and I always remind you that everything gets better when you get better. Thank you for listening to Better Than Before with Tony Richards, a business leaders podcast powered by Clear Vision Development Group. For more resources from Tony, visit clearvisiondevelopment.com. Join us next time for another episode of Better Than Before with Tony Richards. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.